0: Thanks for joining us for the Covenant Living Broadcast with Pastor John Butler of Covenant Life Church, located at 130 Atlantic Avenue in Bremen, Georgia.
1: Grab your Bibles with me today. Turn to Matthew chapter 26. Matthew 26. Matthew 26, starting in verse 36. I'll be reading um, initially this morning from the New Living Translation. Then Jesus went with them, them being the eleven disciples, uh, to the olive grove called Gethsemane, and he said, sit here while I go over there to pray. Then he took Peter, James, and John, and he became anguished and distressed. Jesus, we don't think of Jesus this way very much, but Jesus became anguished and distressed. In verse 38 it says, he told them, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. And he went on a little farther. He bowed his face to the ground and he prayed, My father, if it's possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. Yet I want your will to be done and not mine. Then he returned to the disciples and found them asleep. And he said to Peter, couldn't you watch with me even one hour? Keep watch and pray so that you won't give in to temptation because your spirit is willing but the body is weak Then Jesus left them a second time and prayed, My Father, if this cup can't be taken away unless I drink it, your will be done. Father, I thank you for the obedience of Christ to your will. I thank you for your word, and I thank you that it shows us the way to life, the way to freedom, the way to eternity with you. And Lord, I pray that you would help us Today, not only to be uh, hearers of your word, not just to be understanders of your word, but to be doers of the word of life today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, to the extent that I am hearing the Lord correctly, today is the last message in the series called The Path to Freedom. I'm not going to attempt to re-preach each of the messages, I would encourage you to go to our YouTube channel or on the podcasts and, and, and download those and listen to those because I think they all make better sense together. But uh, let me remind you of the big picture together as we get started in this last message. All of us have chains in our lives. All of us have something that hold us back or keep us down. Almost all of those are linked to sin, either our own sin or somebody else's sins against us. And these things have affected our souls. Our soul is our mind, our will, and our emotion. These these chains have affected our souls in ways that are holding us back from having what God has promised to us and from being who God has destined us to be. Now, over the last few weeks, I encouraged you that freedom is worth the fight. I've shown you the resources from the life of Jesus, what Jesus used when his heart was crushed, his soul was crushed, to the point of death. The resources that he used and that he encourages us to use, and that is a community of faith, the word of God, and the Holy Spirit. I've shown you three steps that Jesus took and that we should also take when we have pain in our souls, and that is to embrace the pain, to reject the shame, and to focus on the gain. Now, here's the last word, Um, from this series. And I hope that if if you've been on the fence, if you haven't quite decided whether or not you want to launch out onto this path of freedom, then I hope this will be the thing that you need to hear today to get you started. Okay? This is it. It is God's will for you to be free. It's God's will. Listen, it's not just on the menu. It's not just an option. He's not just okay with you being free. It's what he wants the most for you. It's his will for you to be free. It's God's will for you to be healed of the emotional pain that you may have suffered from the traumas of your past. It's God's will for you to be free of the mental strongholds that have clouded your judgment for so long. In Luke chapter 4, verses 18 through 19, what I call Jesus' job description of his ministry here on the earth, he, he says, he makes it as clear that, it, that it, just as much as he wants all of us to be saved, he wants all of us also to be healed and to be set free. Galatians 5, verse 1 says, It is for freedom that Christ has set you free. So I don't know really how to say it any other way. I don't know what else to do. I wish I had time to call each of your names individually and deliver this message to you personally, but I just want to tell everybody today, freedom is God's will for you. For you. Now, please don't miss this undeniable connection between the will of God and freedom. And that's this, following the will of God always leads to freedom. If you go after God, you're going to wind up free because it's his will to set you free. Let me put it this way. Now, John, I'm not sure I understand what you mean. Well, who's the one person to ever completely fulfill the will of the Father in his life on this earth? Who is it that never caved into sin, who never took a wrong step, who never had a bad motive for anything he did, who no no matter what uh, it cost him, did exactly and completely and only what the Father told him to say and told him to do? It's got to be Jesus, right? Right? Yeah, okay, yeah. Woo. Making sure we're in the right room this morning. So here, here's, another, here's another question I want to ask you Who is the one person to have walked this earth completely free? Right? Not bound by anything. Who knew how to care for his soul and his spirit so that he was never enslaved to anything? You're right. It was Jesus. It was Jesus. The passage that we just read said that Jesus felt overwhelming pain in his soul, in his mind, in his will, in his emotions on the night before he was to be crucified and take on himself the punishment for every sin of every person. Jesus felt it. He experienced it, but he was not bound by it. You understand the difference? He didn't carry it for long. He got free from it. So our question has to be, how did Jesus get free? Well, listen, it it boils down now to four words. It was four words of freedom. Yes, he used the resources that we talked about. Yes, he took the steps that we named. But it was four words that finally set him free. The last four words in the passage that we read, your will be done. That's what set him free, those last four words. When he said that and when he settled it in his his heart, at that moment the plan of God was in full motion and Jesus was free. His soul, his mind, his will, his emotions were settled. His mind was clear. His emotions were controlled. His decision was made. Now he still had to walk the unbelievably painful path that was in front of him for the next 12 to 16 hours of his life, but he walked it. Free. Free. Four words of freedom. Your will be done. When you pray those four words, you're committing to following God, right, to obeying him. But what is his will? You're like, I'm kind of I'm committing before I ever see where this is going. Correct. You commit to the character and the nature of the Father, and then you follow him wherever he leads you. So what is the will of God? If I say your will be done in my life, what does that mean? Well, I want to show you three passages today that are going to reveal the heart of God for us to be healed and set free. Okay, so first of all, it's his will that we come to Jesus and find rest. That we come to Jesus and find rest, and that's in Matthew eleven, twenty-eight 28 through 30. Matthew eleven, twenty-eight 28 through 30. Jesus said, come to me. Did you think he was kidding Was Jesus joking? Did he go, oh, I'm just kidding. Don't come to me. Come to me, he said, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you because I'm humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden that I give you is light. Jesus said, come to me, just come, not complicated, not difficult, just come, come get connected with me, come follow my lead, come do what I do, come and learn from me, and when you do, Jesus said, you will find rest for your what? Your soul, your soul. Jesus looked at the people who were standing in front of him, and he was concerned about their souls, and not just their eternal souls. He was concerned that they were weary, that they were tired, that they were overwhelmed, that they were burdened, that they were hopeless, that their situation was ever going to change. And I would, I would venture to say that for some of you sitting here this morning, that's exactly how you feel. Jesus is concerned about you, and is offering the solution. As a matter of fact, he is the solution. He is the solution. He said, just come get connected to me. Just, just, come, just come yoke up with me. You say, well John, I, I'm a believer. Yeah, I know that. But the, this invitation is not just for you to come receive forgiveness of your sin. This is for you to come and get connected to Jesus. Come and give him control of your life. Come and get into such uh, such a close relationship that you learn how to walk with him. That's what what being in a yoke is. That's a farming reference. But it's really just about coming and getting connected. A a friend of mine thinks of it like a three-legged race, like at the carnivals. You come and you tie yourself to the other person and you're like, we're going to learn to walk together or this is going to hurt a lot. Right? That's what you do in your walk with Jesus is that Jesus never falls. So you come and you yoke up with him and you learn to walk in lockstep with him. That's the offer. He said, come and let me teach you. I'm humble, I'm gentle, and I'm going to lead you to rest. That concern for weariness a a lot of times is interpreted really generally to mean whatever burden we might have in our lives, that Jesus wants to relieve us of those burdens. And that's certainly true. But specifically in the context of this scripture, Jesus was talking to people whose lives were being ruined by religion. Their religious leaders were putting such unreasonable demands on them, things that God never asked of them, that they just couldn't keep it all straight. They were just like, I'm just done. There, there's like 20,000 rules, and I can't keep these straight and live. Jesus was saying, listen, I'm the opposite of that. What I'm offering you is not a, a second set or a different set of rules and, and responsibilities and all that. He said, I'm, that's not me at all. I'm humble. I'm gentle. I'm inviting you, not to a list of rules and regulations. I'm inviting you into relationship and resources. See, for some of you, what's held you back, what's got you bound the most, is religion. Is it it hard to get free of addictions and of chemicals and codependency and and all of those ways that we get ourselves bound? Yes, but it is no easier when you're bound by religion. I can raise my hand and testify to it. Because what happens when you're bound by religion is you're wound up so tight, you've got no joy. You're afraid that you're going to do something wrong. You can hardly breathe because you feel like you have to be perfect. But listen to me from experience, it's a fool's game, it's rigged. You can't win. You ever played a game with your older brother or sister where they stacked the deck? And you're like, how can I never win? Because it's rigged. You can't win. Because you can't be perfect. If you could, Jesus would never have had to come and die. The only way to win is is to let somebody else play for you who understands the rules. And who can meet the standard. And the only one who can do that is Jesus. The good news of the gospel is that Jesus is offering to live your life with you and through you and in you. He he wants to show you how to do it. He will help you set down all of the burdens and the weariness of religion and perfectionism and lead you to freedom and rest for your soul. Isn't that what he said? Isn't that the invitation? Isn't that what Jesus wants? So that means that's His will for us, right? So how does it all start? Four words. Your will be done. Here's the second passage I want you to see. I want you to see that His will is for us to follow the shepherd to life. Follow the shepherd to life. In John 10, verse 10, most of you are going to have heard this if you've been in church for any length of time. The thief's purpose is to steal and kill, and destroy. My purpose, Jesus said, is to give them, who's them? The, the, the sheep, and you'll see that in a second, to give them a rich and satisfying life. I am the good shepherd, Jesus said. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. The will of the enemy is to do what? Steal, kill, and and destroy every good thing that God has ever placed in your life. The will of Jesus is the opposite of that. The will of Jesus is to give you a rich and satisfying life, an abundant life. That's what he wants. That's his will for every believer. Now, do you think that rich and satisfying and abundant life includes chains and slavery? I didn't think it was a hard question. Does a rich and satisfying life, if you show up to claim the prize of a rich and satisfying life and they hand you chains and tell you you're a slave, are you not going to be a little confused? Jesus would never promise a rich and satisfying life and deliver chains and slavery. That would be the opposite of what he's talking about. That would mean that he had no integrity and that he was lying to us. His will is to lead us to a life of freedom and wholeness. Well, how do we get that? Four words. Your will be done. And then you follow the good shepherd. Because the good shepherd is good because he laid down his life for the sheep. He died. Jesus died to make us free, free from the penalty of sin, and free from the oppression and the pain that we've experienced in this life. You follow the shepherd to freedom and healing for your soul. You follow the shepherd to life. Now, when you talk about the Lord as a shepherd, then most of us, our brains will flash to Psalm 23, right? So let's do that. So I want to put this together. Uh, And then we're going to go to Psalm 23. All right. Jesus says, it's my will that you come to me and that you let me give you relief from your chains and rest for your soul. Jesus says, I want you. It's my will for you to follow me as your shepherd because I laid down my life for you so that you could have a rich and satisfying and abundant life of freedom. Right. Is that where we are? All right. Let's go to Psalm 23. Psalm 23 the will of the Lord is for us to trust the shepherd for everything. Trust the shepherd for everything. Psalm 23.1, this is the King James 21st century version. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. David, the author of this psalm, is declaring his absolute faith in the Lord and in the Lord's will for his life. He says, I'm not ever going to be in want. I won't lack for anything that I actually need because the Lord is my shepherd. He is trusting the shepherd for everything. And then David goes on to describe what a life trusting the, Lord, the shepherd is going to look like. What can you expect when you say to the shepherd, your will be done? Let's start in verse 2. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. When you say your will be done to the shepherd, he will take you to the places that you need to go to have your needs met. Matthew 6, 33, Jesus said, Seek first the kingdom of God and righteousness and my righteousness, and then uh, all these other things will be added to you. Right? You will never have a need that he won't fill. You pursue the shepherd. You pursue him and his ways and his righteousness. You get locked in in the yoke with Jesus. And then all the things that you need, he'll take care of. Let's look at verse 3. He, the shepherd, restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Listen, the good shepherd is concerned not just about your physical body, not just about providing you green pastures and and still waters. He's concerned about your soul. He wants to. He recognizes that when we live this life on earth, our soul gets beat down. He understands that. Life is hard. It's one of our core values. Life's tough. We're not denying. We can't be real and deny that life is difficult and that we get beat up sometimes. Jesus is concerned about the abuse and the damage that our soul takes. And he said, I want to restore your soul. I want to heal it. Jesus wants us to lay down our burdens, lay down our cares, and learn from him. Learn a new way of living. Listen, getting healed of lung cancer does you no good if you go back to smoking. Right? I and mean, that's just dumb. The will of God for us is not just to provide healing from our past, but to provide a new way of living in the future so that we learn not to accumulate the baggage that we've been dragging around on our lives. Jesus said, It's impossible for us to live a life on this earth and not have offenses come our way there's no way to get around that but we have to learn to surrender our burdens to the burden bearer right we have to learn to cast our cares on Jesus because he cares for us learn to give our chains to the chain breaker isn't that right the will of God for us isn't that we just get free it's that we stay free Not just that we get healed, but that we stay healed. So to do that, we follow in the paths of righteousness. The path that leads to freedom. Doing the right things at the right time, in the right way, for the right reason, as we follow the shepherd. That's the new way of living that he wants to offer to us. And that's how our our souls get restored and stay that way. Now, verse 4. Psalm 23, verse 4. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Here's some uh, big boy, big girl stuff. Y'all feeling mature? (laughs) Um, The truth is, sometimes when you follow the shepherd, he's going to lead you on a path that is dark and scary and difficult to travel. I'm not sure where the American prosperity gospel came from, where that all you do is pray the magic prayer and say the magic words, and you're going to follow Jesus, and everything's going to be great, you're going to have a full bank account, and you're going to be strong and healthy and good-looking for the rest of your life, your hair's never going to fall out, that everything's going to be great. I don't know where it comes from, but I do know where it doesn't come from. It has absolutely nothing to do with the, with the Word of God, because that... Has never been the deal. If you follow the shepherd, he will lead you into a valley that feels like death itself. It's going to be dark. It's going to feel dangerous. You're going to be scared to death. You're not sure whether you want to keep going or turn around and run back to what you previously understood. You need to understand this. If you're going to follow Jesus... There's going to be times of fear and confusion that you feel in those moments of your life. There'll be times that you question the goodness of God and the wisdom of God to make you, to lead you away from green pastures and still waters into the valley of the shadow. And if you focus on the here and now, if you focus only on the circumstance that you're currently involved in, it's really easy to get overwhelmed. Now listen, for for some of you, when you think about getting on this path to freedom, on a journey of healing, as you think about letting go of the pain of your past, maybe that's exactly how you're feeling. You're looking at that path and it looks dark and it looks scary and it looks painful and maybe you're feeling overwhelmed or scared or apprehensive. Listen, just know that the shepherd who leads you to the pasture's And the waters is the same shepherd who sometimes will ask you to follow him into the valley. His character hasn't changed. But you have to trust him. So what do you do in those times? Embrace the pain of the path in front of you. Reject the shame that's associated with the fact that a Christian sometimes has a difficult time. And by the way, that shame is only heaped upon us by the religious people who think we've, we have we must have sinned gravely to have uh, anything but but peace and prosperity in our lives. That's where the shame comes from. But you have to push that stuff aside. Quit listening to people who are trying to put condemnation on you for just following the shepherd. You accept that the path has taken an unexpected and uncomfortable turn. So what else do you do? You focus on the game. You focus on what must be ahead. You realize that His will for you is a rich and abundant life. So if He led you from a good place, then He must be leading you to a better place. A place of more freedom. A place of more wisdom. Of more understanding on how to live your life better. So what do you do? You just stay connected to him. You don't run away. You don't get scared and run away. You just stay connected. You tuck yourself in a little closer to him. His rod and his staff are there to protect you and to comfort you. You trust him for everything on your path to freedom. Now, you ready for some good news? Why are you not ready for good news? Who's not ready for good Verse 5. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, and my cup runs over. You want to talk about focusing on the gain? Here's the gain. Here's what that looks like. On the other side of the valley of the shadow of death is a table that's waiting for you. A banquet table. It's a buffet table of everything you like. All the good stuff. Yes, I know it's almost lunchtime. I'm preaching this anyway. Y'all stay with me. It's a table of all the stuff you wish you were eating right now. Why? Because you trusted the shepherd in the valley. Because you endured the pain of the healing process. Because you rejected the shame that the enemy tried to throw on you. That you went through the dry times, the lean times, and the dark times in the valley. And you just got closer to Jesus. You just trusted him all the way. Knowing that he would never lead you in the wrong path. Knowing that if it's his will for you to be healed, that you want to be healed. Knowing that if it's the, this is the road that he's on, then no matter how it feels, this is the safest place in the universe for me to be. And when you come out on the other side, there's a table waiting for you. And it's a table in the presence of your enemies. Please don't miss this really, really important caveat. Even if the people who hurt you are not sorry... Even if the source of your pain is still in play, even if your addiction feels like it's still nipping at your heels, even if the old mindsets and patterns are still trying to trap you again every day, if you did what God led you to do, if you forgave and released, if you confessed and repented, if you surrendered and turned around to follow Jesus, now there's a table full of God's blessing, right in front of you in the presence of your enemies. And listen, it doesn't matter if they like it or not. It doesn't matter what they say. It doesn't matter what they do. Once you've forgiven them and let them go, they have no more power over your life. Those who Jesus sets free are free indeed. So your enemy doesn't get the final word. Your abuser doesn't get the final word. Your accuser doesn't get the final word. When the shepherd says you're blessed, you're blessed. When the shepherd wants you free, you're free. You are yoked to Jesus. He has sworn to protect you and defend you and advance you and bless you and promote you. All because you said the four words of freedom. Your will be done. That's God's will for his people. You thought he had lost his ever-loving mind when he said, we're going that way. Into the darkest valley you've ever seen. But you couldn't have imagined a banquet table like this. And best of all, you're not sitting there by yourself. The Father sits beside you, right, lavishing you with his love and his presence. Because he says, I sit you at my banqueting table and my banner over you is love. And all the enemy can do is stand and watch it happen. Because the blessing of the Lord is irresistible for the surrendered child of God. You say, John, that's pretty good. If you want to focus on the gain, I mean, that's a pretty good gain. Listen, wait, there's more. If you call in the next 10 minutes, he also anoints your head with oil. Now, there's a lot of symbolism there. In the literal sense, sheep were bad to get bugs in their ears and in their nostrils. I will spare you the gory details of what that's like for the poor little sheep. Let, let it suffice to say that the bugs would torment them until they, it almost literally drove the poor little guys crazy. Shepherds who cared about their sheep would anoint their heads with oil and the oil would run down in their ears and into their nostrils and it would keep the bugs out and it would give them relief and give them peace. Listen, when we surrender to the Lord, when we surrender our lives to the good shepherd, he anoints our heads with oil. Because I don't know if you've noticed this, but bugs get in our ears too. Right? Just talking. Just spewing spewing lies into our ears. Spewing doubt and fear into our ears. And if we'll allow him, then, then the, the good shepherd will anoint our heads with oil. And it will run down and, and, and will block out the messages that the enemy's trying to get to us. Just like the helmet of salvation in in Ephesians 6, we put on the mind of Christ. That no matter what's going on around us, He will keep us in perfect peace when we keep our minds fixed on Him. That He gives us a peace that the world can't provide. It's It's a peace that passes understanding. And some of you are in a situation where you can't even imagine what peace would feel like. Because you're so tormented by your pain or your past or your perfection. The shepherd wants to anoint your head with the oil of peace. This also refers to the Holy Spirit. Your spiritual awareness and your sensitivity to the Spirit increases the more freedom you experience. Because healing and freedom are really a stripping away of the influence of the flesh. So if you're surrendered to the Lord, the less there is of you, the more there is of Him. And then some translations uh, write this verse to say, you honor me by anointing my head with oil. Because there there was honor associated with being anointed. God honors those who surrender to him, who follow him. Many people have been so dishonored by shame, by their chains, by the things that have happened to them in their lives. Listen, God is not the least bit concerned about what you've been through in the sense that he would not want to honor you. It does not change his opinion of you one bit. He offers his oil to anoint you, to honor you, because you prayed those four words. Your will be done. Now that verse also says your cup will overflow with blessings. You can't even imagine all the ways that God knows how to bless your life. Uh, He fills you when you didn't even know you were empty. He provides, he satisfies you with blessings that you didn't even know you wanted. You got a good gift giver in your life. People who just know how to exactly what to buy at the right time. No, I'm so sorry, y'all. Um, I'll give you a gift card. How about that? Uh, they just, some, some people are just gifted as gifters. That they just know what you need. At the, they just show up at the right time, in the right place. The Lord does that. He makes our, our, our cups overflow with blessings we didn't even know we needed. When we surrender our lives to the Lord and we follow him from the green pastures through the valley, into the banquet, into an anointed life, your life will overflow with blessings that you can't even imagine right now. And then here's the last verse. Verse six. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let me ask you a question. What's following you right now? What's following you? What's, what's behind you? What's being left in the wake of your life? In the wake of your interactions with people? In the wake of your relationships? Your decisions? What's back there? When you surrender to the shepherd, goodness and mercy follow you. Now, the goodness and mercy follows you in the sense that they sang about, that we all sang about just a minute ago. His, his goodness is running after us. And, he, and, and, and the blessings of the Lord will run after you and will overtake you. So that is absolutely the truth. But it's, it, they're not just following you to bless you and your life. They, that's also what you're leaving behind you. Healing and freedom allows you to leave people Blessed. Listen, who are the meanest people you know? Please, not names or addresses. Y'all calm down. Who are the meanest group of people? Hurt people, right? Hurt people are mean. They're they're in a self-protection mode. When you get healed, when you get free, it allows you to be good to people for a change, it, it allows you to quit trying to protect yourself, and then in, in exchange, you go bless people. You give mercy to people, not because they deserve it, but because you received it. You go bless people who intentionally mistreated you. You treat people the way Jesus would treat them himself. How? Because you're yoked to the shepherd. And you've learned of him. You've walked with him. You've learned how to walk. You've learned how to talk. You've learned how to serve people. You've learned how to love people. And it's not a fake external call attention to myself kind of love or kind of walk. It is an internal growth from the relationship that you have with the Savior, that you really love people, that you really do want to serve them, whether anybody sees you serve or not. Goodness and mercy will follow you. And as you receive it, you'll give it because that's what Jesus' people do. Now finally, he says you'll dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And while that is a promise for an eternal home with the Lord, it's also a reference to the abiding presence of God in the here and the now. You see, some, so, so many people don't experience God in their personal lives because of the hurt and the pain that they've experienced. Uh, let me put it this way. I think the hurt and the pain and the trauma and the stress and all of the stuff that's, that's damaging our souls insulate us from the flow of the power of God. That you can be in a service that's powerful that you can see God moving in other people's lives and you're just numb. Right? you just like, I, I don't understand what they're getting because I ain't getting it. That should be a huge indication for you that there is unresolved hurt and pain in your life. That your soul has been beat up and you need some healing. The promise of God when you follow the the shepherd to healing and to freedom is that you will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That his presence will be with you in a greater way than you've ever known. But you have to trust him enough to surrender everything. Surrender your past, your pain, your pride, your perfection, everything. And the more of ourselves we allow him to strip away, the more of him can come washing over our souls. So here it is one last time. It is God's will for you to be healed and whole, forgiven and free. And you do it by connecting with Jesus, surrendering every part of your life, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and learning from him to live free. Your path to freedom is waiting on you. And Jesus is standing in the path, beckoning you, calling you to come because that's what a good shepherd does. And it starts with these four words prayed with the same sincerity that Jesus prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane. Your will be done. Y'all stand with me, please. So I think I'm going to leave you alone about healing for a little while. And I hope in, that, uh, in, in the interim that you will actually start your journey to healing because it's God's will. Listen, I don't know um, what your elementary school experience was like. There was a lot of running where I was, like we raced all the time. Did y'all run where y'all, did y'all go to school? Y'all really not going to talk to me. Um, We raced all the time. I I don't know how long it took you to realize that some people are faster than other people. (laughs) And I won't tell you uh, which end of the spectrum I was on. Um, Some of you are going to get to healing faster than others. It's just a fact. What... um, I won't tell you what Valerie tells me I look like when I run, but it has something to do with the movie. <clears throat> run, Forest. Um, part, of, part of the problem when you, when you run is that you, you kind of need to get loose. <laughs> the, the more you try to stay in control of everything, the slower and slower you get. See, take it from, from a uh, lifelong um, control freak who is reforming. As I get healed and learn to let go and learn to say I can't, um, control is a lie. I know that some of you think you've got everything under control. You really don't. Like, for real, you really don't. You don't. Um, If you're going to learn to run and run effectively and run smoothly and run swiftly, you've got to loosen up and allow Him to take control you got to quit worrying too much about what it feels like and how ridiculous you, you look and just run like your tail's on fire to Jesus. So we're going to pray. And this altar is, is always open. Uh, they're going to sing a song. I would invite you to come and pray. It's not just about the chains that are in your life, so don't think somebody's going to try to figure out what your problem is. It's not about that. If you want to come and pray, come and pray. You've got a, a, a need in your body. You need to pray about physical healing. Come and pray. If you've got a relationship issue, you've got a financial issue, you've got a spiritual thing going on in your life, and you're trying to discern God's will, just come pray. Come pray. As the Lord draws you, you come on. Because if He draws you here, He's going to meet you here. Father, I just thank you for your word, and I thank you that it's a word that uh, deals with the real stuff of our lives. God, I pray that right now people just decide to follow you on this path. Decide that I'm going to surrender to you, Lord, that your will be done in my life. And, Lord, they'll get on that road and follow you. And, Lord, I thank you for the freedom that is awaiting to all of us as we walk closer and closer to you. I pray that the chains would fall. I pray, Lord, that that the limits would be taken off, that strongholds in our minds would be torn down by the truth of your word. God, I just thank you for what you're about to do in our lives. and I pray that we never stop running after you. In the name of Jesus, we pray.
0: 3747. That's 770-537-3747. At Covenant Life, our mission is to go and make disciples by being real, relational, and reaching. Be sure to join us next week for more Covenant Living with Pastor John Butler.